Hallelujah. If I was a sheep, I'd say the word in the herd. Um, I want to read you a short testimony that I received. Uh, somebody emailed it or texted me just uh, this last week. Do you know God's in the business of changing our lives? He's like, he, he really enjoys changing our lives. Um, so I'll just read it. I'm not going to say who it's from. He says, but uh, he says, by the way, you probably could smell and tell that I smoked. He says, I did for 24 years. I thought I could never break the habit, but I've been completely 100% free of it for eight days. So now that's almost two weeks, or a week and a half. Yeah, close to two weeks. After your last sermon, it really challenged me to make some severe changes. So I asked God for strength, and I bound the spirit of addiction in my life, and that was it. I haven't had any urges, no cravings, nothing. It's like I never smoked. It's completely gone. I'm blown away how easy it was. I know it would not have been easy on my own, but man, with God, it was crazy easy. Anyways, I just wanted to share that with you. If you want to share it on Sunday, go right ahead. So that was my permission to share it. Amen. Everybody enjoying this summer? You are, Jared? Awesome. So am I. I enjoy the sunshine. Um, I'm going to take just a few minutes. I'm not going to take a half an hour. You gave it to me. I know you did. Um, a few weeks ago, I preached out of Pro, uh, Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Today, I'd like you to turn to another psalm, Psalm 23. And I want to just read that psalm. I want to read a couple verses out of it. Many of us know it quite well. It's one of the first psalms that in Sunday school that they teach you, and it's something I learned and memorized as a child. But I, I've been contemplating and meditating on it this week, and I just want to I just want to bring a couple thoughts to you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I, I kind of got stuck right there. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And I found this interesting. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And as I was going through the Psalms, I found a number of Psalms where David makes these declarations. The Lord is, and then he's the strength of my life, and therefore. In this verse, he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. A few thoughts I want to give you today. All of us have a shepherd in our life. Every single one of us has a shepherd in our life. Whether that shepherd is the Lord 
is maybe where the question lies. But we all have a shepherd in our life. That shepherd might be the culture that we live in. It may be the shows that we watch on TV. It may be the things that we prescribe to and subscribe to. It might be the job that we have and the confidence that we get from the money that we earn. It may be what feeds us and it might be what leads us. It may be what we feed on and live on, but we all have in our lives a shepherd in our lives. And David here is saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. If you're wanting, if you're wanting, if you're lacking, if you're in need in your life, there is a good possibility from the Scriptures when I read it that there's something lacking in your life and it might start from the top, the Lord being our shepherd. In Matthew 6, he said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things. And I don't know about you, but quite often I flip it around and have all these things, and then the last little bit, I seek God. We place all these other things before God. We place my job, and I believe in work. <laughs> I believe we need to work hard. I believe that. The Scripture tells us that. It teaches that. If you're an employee, you make your employer look the best. That's what the Bible says. You do it as unto the Lord. And if you're an employer, you make your employees live the best. So I believe in that. But sometimes what we do is we take all that and we place that in front, just like Pastor Daniel was sharing earlier, that we have taken those things and... And our money, all of a sudden, becomes more important than God. And in this psalm, he says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And that word want has a few thoughts to it. One of the words is, I will not fail. I will not fail. I don't know about you, but I don't like failing. Anybody here enjoy failing? Have you ever done something only to have to do it again? And that's no fun. If you're going to do it, do it right the first time. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not fail. It also means I shall not lack. When God is the shepherd of your life, there is no lack in Him. When God is the shepherd of your life, there is no lack in Him. Amen? If God is not the shepherd of your life, there will be something lacking in your life. If God is not the shepherd, there will be things lacking in your life. And I would suggest to you that the things that you think are not lacking, all of a sudden they will come to an end and you will not be satisfied, you will not be content, you will not be happy because the thing that you thought would bring you happiness has ended 
and there's a void. Life continues on, and yet you are not able to continue. And David here, he just simply said, I just found, I just meditated on that phrase. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Why don't you say that with me? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Say it again. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Somebody leads us, somebody we listen to, somebody directs us. And if it's not God, you're going to find that you're not going to reach everything that you thought you would. This, this phrase, the Lord is my shepherd, denotes protocol. It denotes an order, a chain of command. The Lord is my shepherd. Who's your shepherd today? Who is your shepherd? If the Lord is your shepherd, then you will do what His Word says. Sometimes I think we read these psalms, we read the Bible, and we can quickly just pass it on, go right through the next chapter. And, and I just, I haven't even got through the rest of the chapter. I'm just looking at that verse, the Lord is my shepherd. If He's my shepherd, that means He's the one that feeds me. The shepherd was responsible for feeding the sheep. So if the Lord is my shepherd, He's the one that will feed me. He's the one that will lead me. The shepherd led the sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. It means I am not the one making the rules. I'm not the one in charge. I'm not large and I'm not in charge. The Lord is my shepherd. There were times this week that I had to do a course correction. Have you ever had to do a course correction? Anybody here got a GPS that you've used in your vehicle? And you're listening to it, you know, and it's got that voice, turn right 50, 50 meters, turn right 10 meters, and you don't turn right. And you keep going, and then all of a sudden it says, recalculating route, recalculating route. And there's a course correction that happens. At the next available light, turn right. The next available light, turn left. In our life, if the Lord is not your shepherd, you need to do a course correction. Take His GPS and let it rearrange and recalculate and change where you're going. Can I hear an amen? The Lord is my shepherd means that I belong to something. It's not me as a lone ranger. In fact, it 
means that I belong to something bigger than myself. I belong with others. The Lord is my shepherd. You'll not get to your want if you don't get to the shepherd. You'll not get to your want if you don't get to your shepherd. Have you ever found yourself wanting? Have you ever found yourself lacking? I looked at him and I said he was wanting. Who's your shepherd? I want to encourage you this week just to take that chapter, take that verse, and literally say it out loud. The Lord is my shepherd. When you say the Lord is your shepherd, what you're doing is you're declaring that somebody's in charge of your life. I don't know about you, but I need to rehearse that on a regular basis. <laughs> I need to keep that front and center. The Lord is my shepherd. He's the one that's feeding me. He's the one that leads me. Therefore, everything that I'm doing, I bring back into relation to what He is doing and what He says. I want to give you, I'm just going to read you 12 benefits that I see about Him being your shepherd from this chapter. 12 in about a minute and a half. First one, if you want to write these down. Lord is my shepherd, 12 benefits, I shall not fail. I like that guarantee. I shall not want, I shall not fail. Number two, he gives me rest in large, bountiful spaces. If you need rest, make him your shepherd. If you are exhausted, do a course calculation, recalculate, and make him your shepherd. He gives me direction, number three. Direction in calm places. It says, he leads me beside still waters. He doesn't lead you beside rushing waters. He leads you beside still, calm waters. And that denotes making decisions and life transitions. When God wants to move you and transition you, He can bring you to a calm place. It doesn't have to be a torrent. When He's your shepherd, He will bring you to the best place to make your decision. The shepherd's not going to bring you to a cliff and say, now move. He's going to bring you to still water and He'll say, now this is how you make your decision." And there's peace. There's no danger. Number four, he restores. He's restorative. He restores my soul. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. If you've got any discomfort in those, or if you've got voices, or if you've got people pulling at you, dragging at you, and you just feel like you're ragged and you, and you just can't take it, it says that He restores 
your soul. I'm being real simple today. I'm just reading the psalm real slow. But I think sometimes we go through it so fast. I did memory as a child and I would go through it so fast just to get through it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Can you imagine being in that place where you can look at somebody and say, you know what, the Lord's my shepherd. I don't, I don't want. I don't lack. That's what David was saying. Number five, he directs you in the paths of righteousness. He directs you in the right way. And when you look at the path, the path is usually a well-worn thing. He's not going to make you try to figure it out. His path of righteousness is like a trench. It's exactly there. It's there. Sometimes we say, I can't figure it out. He's figured it out. It's a path of righteousness, a path of right ways. I think we all know. We, we have this little thing inside of us called a conscience. Have you ever heard that little voice inside of you? Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. And you turn down that button and you turn up the one that says, say it, say it, say it. What is that? That's righteousness. That's his path of righteousness. Sometimes we, we wait for this huge revelation where God's given us a path of righteousness. He's given us a conscience and we know what is right and we know what's wrong. Now, there's times when we need to check it out and be, figure it all out. But there are many times when we know inside of us what to do. I've been married to my wife for 29 years today. She's the love of my life. And we can have conversations. And there's times when I know what I should say. And I decide I don't want to say it. I know none of you. Yeah, she says it's true. I know none of you ever have had that issue. But there's a righteousness. The, he leads me. He directs me in his righteousness. Number six, through the most terrifying situations, he's with me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. <laughs> Why? Because he's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. He's protective and corrective. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. As Sean was sharing this morning, there's a gravity and a seriousness in our relationship with God. Don't take it cavalier. There's a seriousness in our honor and our fear of the Lord. There's a seriousness in honoring Him when we take communion and recognizing what He has done for us. And I never want to become cavalier or loose with God. And if you know me, I love to smile. I love to laugh. I tell the best jokes. But there's an aspect of honoring God and being serious in our relationship with God. And I never ever want to take what Christ did and shedding His body and His blood for us. Because through that, we have victory over everything. And as Sean was sharing this morning, he was sharing a seriousness. But the reason why God does that is his rod and his staff 
We might think it's a slap. We might think it's hurting, but it's all so that He will comfort us. Every single time God brings correction into the situation, it's to bring you to the standing with Him. It's not to teach you a lesson to slap you upside down on one side. It's to bring you back to the relationship. And as we were looking at and, and having communion this morning, Sean was sharing a very seriousness, a gravity of our relationship with God. And it's not to make you feel bad. It's to bring you back to the comfort of the relationship. And the shepherd, he doesn't go about hurting the sheep. The shepherd goes about hurting the sheep. Bringing them back. That's a benefit. And I'm just thankful that my God's not out to beat me up. My God's not out to hurt me. My God's not out to, to, He's out for my good. He's out to comfort me. He's out to bring me to eternal life with Him. Why? Because He's paid the price and He says, this is all here for you. That's the shepherd. He protects and corrects in the same motion. Number eight, He feeds me in the presence of my enemy. Man, that's my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Even when I got enemies and they're all around me, yelling at me, screaming at me, pulling at me, he prepares a table and he says, David, sit down and eat. Some of these things does not make sense or do not make sense to the natural mind. But when the whole world is going crazy, you do not have to join the party. You can sit back and say, God's my shepherd, and he's going to have me sit down. I'm going to have a meal in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil. Anointing and oil are quite often connected with the Holy Spirit. And God wants his Holy Spirit with you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want and he wants you to walk in an anointing of the Holy Spirit. As, as Sister Kathy was sharing today, God was allowing you to walk in his anointing, and it's the Holy Spirit that directs you. Without the Holy Spirit, we don't have a whole lot to offer living today. Yes, Jesus died for my sins. I might as well go to heaven now, but he says, no. I've given you the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit is to overcome. I believe and I am convinced that as a believer, my life should be marked different than somebody who does not believe in God. I am convinced as a believer when the Lord is my shepherd and I am walking in life that you would look at me and you would look at somebody else doing the identical thing as I am but who doesn't know Christ and you would see a difference. You better see a difference because he anoints my head with oil. His Holy Spirit is around me. I should be giving people encouraging words. I should be extending my hand in healing. I, should, I expect every time I touch you, I expect that I am transmitting and giving the Holy Spirit and touching you with His power and His anointing. I believe that. I don't just shake hands lightly or I don't just fist pump lightly. Because you go, oh, he fist pumps. He doesn't shake hands. Oh, I guess he does. No, 
I fist pump you at me. I, I believe I'm transmitting God to you. I mean, either we believe this and we make it real, or we're just being silly. I believe as believers, when the Lord is my shepherd, everything that I do reflects Him. And He anoints my head. He anoints my head with oil. The next one after that is that He gives me abundance. My cup runs over. I love cups that run over. And I'm sure I've told you many times as a kid, when we sat at the table and we had all my brothers and my mom and dad, and we'd get a drink, I hated getting a cup like half water. Man, if you fill my cup, just put it all the way and I'll put my head and I'll just take a few first sips. I want it full. God says He fills to overflowing. God is not a God that just takes it to the top. He goes above and beyond. When He fed 5,000, first of all, He fed 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. I mean, that is a miracle in itself. That's like a couple Happy Meals feeling, feeding thousands, 5,000 people. But then he goes, you know what? Not only am I just going to feed them, I'm going to give them 12 baskets extra. <laughs> God's not just going to feed you. He's not just going to give you what you need, but he gives you overflowing. Why? Because you need to give that away. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I'm hoping the next time you read this chapter, you're going to look at it differently. So that was number 10. Number 9 was anointing my head. Number 10 was an abundance. Number 11, his entourage follows me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. What follows you? <laughs> I hope it's not death and destruction. <laughs> His entourage follows me. There's an evidence of what you've done. Goodness and mercy. Oh, they were, yeah, oh man, they did such nice stuff for me. They were so good to me. And number 12, he gives you permanent resident status. The benefit of the shepherd is that he gives you permanent resident status. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So I got a couple questions for you. Who's your shepherd? If, if you were to be completely honest, who's your shepherd? If, if you were to write it down on a piece of paper and nobody else would see it, and it was just you and this piece of paper, would you honestly say, the Lord is my shepherd? Or would you say, hmm, you know, sometimes I get in the way. Who's your shepherd? Another question. 
You say, well, how do I know who my shepherd is? Who's feeding you? What are you eating? Because you are what you eat. So what are you feeding on? If you're feeding on negativity, that's not the Lord. If you're feeding on depressing thoughts, that's not God. If you're feeding on things that will bring you temporary pleasure because you don't know how to deal with things, that's not God. If you're feeding on what the culture is saying, that's not God. If you're feeding on what the world says you should look like and be like, that's not God. What is feeding you? What is causing coming into you? The Lord is my shepherd. Another question, who's leading you? Are you doing it? Or is God? This morning, Brother Sean came to me, and he talked to me a few days earlier, and we went over communion, and he shared with me, and, and uh, I listened to the song, and I said, go for it. I think it's great. It had a little bit of rap in it. I thought, wow, that's going to be fun. Pretty good. I, th I enjoyed it. I don't do rap, but that guy did it pretty good. And then this morning he came to me and he says, oh, I believe God changed my mind. And he used the word rebuked. He was pretty hard on yourself, Sean. I appreciate your honesty. He showed who was leading. There are many times we can get our agenda and our program down and we tell God, no, I figured it out. You just stay over there and let me take care of it. Who's leading you? Who do you belong to? The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Who are you surrendered to? The Lord is my shepherd. I surrender to Him. He is the one that leads me, directs me, feeds me, brings me of my side still waters. He's the one that is responsible for my soul. The shepherd was responsible for the sheep. So how do you change it? Consider yourself a sheep. Picture yourself that you are a sheep and not the shepherd. Look at the sheep in a pasture and say, that's who I am. I follow what the shepherd says. Let him make you. Let him make you. He makes me lie down. Make, let him make you. You don't have to be in control every single moment of the day. He's in control. Listen to that still small voice. Let him lead you. He leads me. Let him restore you. If any of you is tired and weary, how you get restoring is you allow him to pour into you. And and an aspect of restoration is that you have to give it time to fill you. You can't run 20 miles an hour, 100 miles an hour, zip-zap all over the place and expect God to restore you. You have to stop the little wheel, get off, and let Him fill you. And then you probably don't want to get back on that wheel. Let him guide you. 
How do you change? You let Him guide you. Ask Him, what do you want, God? How do you change and let Him be the shepherd? <laughs> Get out of the way. It's not all about you. It's not all about me. It's all about Him. Total, complete, absolute dependence on Him. The, the funny thing that I have found in my life is the more I let Him be the shepherd, the more He lets me in on the decisions. <laughs> the more I let Him take control of my life, the more He entrusts me in my life. He's funny that way. You're not a robot. But the closer I get to Him, and the more I submit to Him, and the more I say, God, what you want me to do, all of a sudden, it turns around, and He says, yeah, and then He allows me to do it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Many things that I do in my life, it's because of what God is doing. And He allows me to do those things. When you allow Him to be the shepherd of your life, you find out that He walks with you. He talks with you. He directs you. And all of a sudden, you are actually part of the party. And He allows you to do things. David took the five stones. He put the rock in the sling. Who, who did that? David did. That wasn't God. That was David. God figured out the tra trajectory. God did the physics. But David did the slinging. When you allow him to become the shepherd of your life, he takes the mundane that you do and he transforms it into the supernatural. He takes the natural things of your life and he says, I'm going to allow you now to become part of the supernatural. And you will see things happen that you would not see happen before because now He is my shepherd. I shall not want. And when I used to run into a wall, now all of a sudden that wall breaks down. Why? It's not because of me. It's because of Him. And because of Him, it's because of me. But all the glory goes to Him. So this morning... I did take a little longer than I expected. Repeat after me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Write that down. Seriously, write that down and rehearse it this week. When you get stuck with somebody in front of you that just irritates you, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. What it does is it changes. It changes. Amen. Amen. You ready to go home? This week I want to encourage you, rehearse, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. When you put Him in, the wanting is taken care of. Heavenly Father, you are such a good God. Everything that you do for us is for our good.
your correction, your love, your discipline, your feeding. It is so that we can have and maintain the right relationship with you. And this week, Lord, I ask that you would just pour out on everyone here. And Lord, that you would just cause them to meditate on the phrase, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. In your precious name, amen.